Chapter 13 of The Fall of Troy by Smyrnanius Quintus Translated by Arthur S. Way Born 13 February 1847 Died 25 December 1930 This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. So feasted they through Troy, and in their midst loud pealed the flutes and pipes. On every hand was song and dance, laughter and cries confused of banqueteers beside the meats and wine. They, lifting in their hands the beaker's brim, recklessly drank, till heavy of brain they grew, till rolled their fluctuant eyes. Now and again some mouth would babble the drunkard's broken words. The household gear, the very roof and wall, seemed as they rocked. All things they looked on seemed whirled in wild dance. About their eyes a veil of mist dropped, for the drunkard's sight is dimmed, and the wit dulled, when rise the fumes to the brain. And thus a heavy-handed feaster cried, For not the Danians mustered that great host hither. Fools! They have wrought not their intent, but with hopes unaccomplished from their own town, like silly boys or women they have fled. So cried a Trojan, Wit befogged with wine, full, nor discerned destruction at the doors. When sleep had locked his fetters everywhere through Troy, on folk fulfilled of wine and meat, then Sinon lifted high a blazing torch to show the Argive men the splendor of fire. But fearfully the while his heart beat, lest the men of Troy might see it, and the plot be suddenly revealed. But on their beds, Sleeping their last sleep lay they, heavy with wine. The host saw, and from Tenedos set sail. Then nigh the horse drew Sinon. Softly he called, full softly, that no man of Troy might hear. But only Achaea's chiefs, far from whose eyes sleep hovered. So athirst were they for fight. They heard, and to Odysseus all inclined their ears, he bade them urgently go forth, softly and fearlessly, and they obeyed the battle summons, pressing hot in haste to leap to earth. But in his subtlety he stayed them from all thrusting eagerly forth. But first himself, with swift unfaltering hands, helped of Apeius, here, there, unbarred the ribs of the horse of beams. Above the planks a little he raised his head, and gazed around on all sides, if haply he might descry one Trojan waking yet. As when a wolf, with hunger stung to heart, comes from the hills, and ravenous for flesh draws nigh the flock, penned in the wide folds, slinking past the men and dogs that watch, all keen toward the sheep, then o'er the fold-wall leaps with soundless feet. So stole Odysseus down from the horse. With him followed the war-fain lords of Hellas' league, orderly stepping down the ladders, which Apeius framed for paths of mighty men, for entering and passing forth the horse, who down them now on this side, that side, streamed as fearless wasp, startled by stroke of axe in angry mood, pour all together forth from the tree-bowl, at sound of woodman's blow, so battle-kindled forth the horse they poured, into the midst of that strong city of Troy, with hearts that left expectant, with swift hands snatched they the brands from the dying hearths, and fired temple and palace. Onward to the gates sped they, and swiftly slew the slumbering guards, 
then held the gate towers till their friends should come. Fast rode the host the while, on swept the ships over the great flood. Thetis made their path straight, and behind them sent a driving wind, speeding them, and the hearts of the Achaeans glowed. Swiftly to Hellespont's shore they came, and there beat they the keels again, and deftly dealt with what so tackling appertains to ships. Then leapt they a land, and hastened on to Troy, silent as sheep that hurry to the fold from woodland pasture on an autumn eve. So without sound of voices marched they on unto the Trojans' fortress, eager all to help those mighty chiefs with foes begirt. Now these, as famished wolves, fierce glaring round, fall on a fold mid the long forest hills, while sleeps the toil-worn watchman, and they rend the sheep on every hand within the walls in darkness, and all round are heaped the slain. So these within the city smote and slew, as swarmed the awakened foe around them. Yet fast as they slew, I faster closed on them those thousands, mad to thrust them from the gates. Slipping in blood, and stumbling o'er the dead, their line reeled, and destruction loomed o'er them, though Danian thousands near and nearer drew. But when the whole host reached the wall of Troy, into the city of Priam, breathing rage of fight, with reckless battle-lust they poured, and all that fortress found they full of war, and slaughter, palaces, temples, horribly blazing on all sides, clothed their hearts with joy. In deadly mood then charged they on the foe, Ares and fell Eno maddened there. Blood ran in torrents, drenched was all the earth, as Trojans and their alien helpers died. Here were men dying, quelled by bitter death, all up and down the city in their blood. Others on them were falling, gasping forth their life's strength, others clutching in their hands their bowels that looked through hideous gashes forth, wandering in wretched plight around their homes. Others, whose feet, while yet sleeping they lay, had been hewn off, with groans unutterable, crawled mid the corpses. Some, who had rushed to fight, lay now in dust, with hands and heads hewn off. Some were there, through whose backs, even as they fled, the spear had passed, clear through to the breast, and some, whose waist the lance had pierced, impaling them were sharpest things the anguish-laden steel. And all about the city dolorous howls of dogs uprose, and miserable moans of strong men stricken to death. And every home with awful cries was echoing, rang the shrieks of women like screams of cranes, which see an eagle swooping on them from the sky, which have no courage to resist, but scream long terror shrieks in dread of Zeus's bird. So here, so there the Trojan women wailed, some starting from their sleep, some to ground leaping. They thought not in that agony of robe or zone. In naught but tunics clad distraught they wandered. Others found no veil nor cloak to cast about them. But as came on with their foes, they stood with beating hearts trembling, as fettered by despair assaying all hapless with their hands alone to hide their nakedness. And some in frenzy of woe their tresses tore, and beat their breast and screamed. Others against that stormy torrent of foes recklessly rushed, insensible of fear, through mad desire to aid the perishing, 
husbands and children, for despair had given high courage. Shrieks had startled from their sleep soft little babes, whose hearts had never known trouble, and there with one another lay, gasping their lives out. Some there were whose dreams changed to a sudden vision of doom. All round the fell fates gloated horribly o'er the slain. And even as swine be slaughtered in the court of a rich king who makes his folk a feast, so without number they were slain. The wine left in the mixing bowls was blent with blood gruesomely. No man bare a sword unstained with murder of defenceless folk of Troy, though he were but a weakling in fair fight. And, as by wolves or jackals sheep are torn, what time the furnace breath of midnoon heat darts down, and all the flock beneath the shade are crowded, and the shepherd is not there, but to the homestead bears afar their milk, and the fierce brutes leap on them, tear their throats, gorge to the full their ravenous maws, and then lap the dark blood, and linger to slay, all in mere lust of slaughter, and provide an evil banquet for that shepherd lord, so through the city of Priam, Danian slew one after other in that last fight of all. No Trojan there was woundless. All men's limbs with blood in torrents spilt were darkly dashed. Nor scathless were the Danians in the fray. With breakers some were smitten, with tables some, thrust in the eyes of some were burning brands, snatched from the hearth. Some died transfixed with spits, yet left within the hot flesh of the swine, whereon the red breath of the fire-god beat. Others, struck down by bills and axes keen, gasped in their blood. From some men's hands were shorn the fingers, who, in wild hope to escape the imminent death, had clutched the blades of swords. And here in that dark tumult one had hurled a stone, and crushed the crown of a friend's head, like wild beast trapped and stabbed within a fold on a lone steading, mad with despair and kindled rage beneath that night of horror. Hot with battle-lust, here, there, the fighters rushed and hurtled through the palace of Priam. Many an Argive fell, spear-slain, for whatso Trojan in his halls might seize a sword, might lift a spear in hand, slew foes, aye, heavy though he were with wine. Up flashed a glare unearthly through the town, for many an Argive bare in hand a torch, to know in that dim battle friends from foes. Then Tydeus' son mid the war-storm met spearman Carobas, lordly Megdon's son, and neath the left ribs pierced him with a lance, where run the lifeways of man's meat and drink. So met him black death, borne upon the spear. Down in dark blood he fell, mid host of slain. Ah, fool! The bride he won not, Priam's child Cassandra, yea, his loveliest, for whose sake to Priam's burg but yesterday he came, and vaunted he would thrust the Argives back from Ilium. Never did the gods fulfill his hope. The fates hurled doom upon his head. With him the slayer laid Eurydamus low, Antenor's gallant son-in-law, who most for prudence was preeminent in Troy. Then he met Alianius, the elder of days, and flashed his terrible sword forth. All the limbs of that grey sire were palsied with his fear. He put forth trembling hands. With one he caught the swift avenging sword. With one he clasped the hero's knees. Despite his fury of war, a moment paused his wrath. 
or haply a god held back the sweaty pace, that the old man might speak to his fierce foe one word of prayer. Piteously he cried, terror overwhelmed. I kneel before thee, whosoe'er thou be of mighty Argives. Oh, compassionate my suppliant hands, abate thy wrath. To slay the young and valiant is a glorious thing, but if thou smite an old man, small renown waits on thy prowess. Therefore turn from me thine hands against young men, if thou dost hope ever to come to gray hairs such as mine. So he spake, but replied strong Tydeus' son, Old man, I look to attain honored age, but while my strength yet waxeth, will I not spare any foe, but hurl to Hades all. The brave man makes an end of every foe. Then through his throat that terrible warrior drave the deadly blade, and thrust it straight to where the paths of man's life led by swiftest way blood-paved to doom. Death palsied his poor strength by Diomede's hands. Thence rushed he on, slaying the Trojans, storming in his might all through their fortress. Pierced by his long spear, Eurachaun fell, Perimestor's son renowned. And Phemadon Aeas slew, Agamemnon smote the master's son, Idomeneus struck down Mimas. By Magus, Diopetus died. Achilles' son with his resistless lance smote godlike Paimon. Then his javelin pierced Polatus in mid-rush. Antiphonus dead upon these he laid, all Priam's sons. Agenor faced him in the fight and fell. Hero on hero slew he. Everywhere stalked at his side. Death's black doom manifest. Clad in his sire's might, whomso he met he slew. Last, on Troy's king in murderous mood he came, by Zeus the hearth-lord's altar. Seeing him, old Priam knew him, and quaked not, for he longed himself to lay his life down midst his sons. And, craving death, to Achilles' seed he spake. Fierce-hearted son of Achilles, strong in war, slay me, pity not my misery. I have no will to see the sun's light more, who have suffered woes so many and so dread. With my sons I would die, and so forget anguish and horror of war. Oh, that thy sire had slain me, ere mine eyes beheld a flame Ilium, had slain me when I brought to him ransom for Hector, whom thy father slew. He spared me, so the fate had spun my thread of destiny. But thou, glut my blood on thy fierce heart, and let me forget my pain. Answered Achilles' battle-eager son, Fain am I, yea, in haste to grant thy prayer. A foe like thee I will not leave alive, for naught is dearer unto men than life. With one stroke swept he off that hoary head, lightly as when a reaper lops an ear in parched cornfield at the harvest tide. With lips yet murmuring, lo, it rolled afar from where with quivering limbs the body lay amidst dark purple blood and slaughtered men. So lay he, chiefest once of all the world in lineage, wealth in many and goodly sons. Ah, me, not long abides the honor of man, but shame from unseen ambush leaps on him. So clutched him doom, so he forgat his woes. 
Yea, also did those Danian car-lords Hurl from a high tower the babe Astyanax, Dashing him out of life. They tore the child out of his mother's arms In wrathful hate of Hector, Who in life had dealt them such havoc. Therefore hated they his seed, And down from that high rampart flung his child, A wordless babe that nothing knew of war. As mid the mountains hungry wolves Chase from the mother's side a suckling calf, And with malignant cunning drive it o'er an echoing cliff's edge, While runs to and fro its dam with low moans, Mourning her dear child. And a new evil followeth hard on her, For suddenly lions seize her for a prey. So as she agonized for her son, The foe to bondage held with other captive thralls That shrieking daughter of King Etion. Then, as on those three fearful deaths she thought, Of husband, child, and father, Andromache longed sore to die. Yea, for the royally born, Better it is to die in war Than do the service of the thrall to baser folk. All piteously the broken-hearted cried, Oh, hurl my body also from the wall, Or down the cliff, or cast me midst the fire, ye Argives, Woes are mine unutterable, for Peleus' son smote down my noble father in Thebe, and in Troy mine husband slew, who unto me was all mine heart's desire, who left me in mine halls one little child, my darling and my pride. Of all my hopes in him, fell merciless fate hath cheated me. Oh, therefore thrust this broken-hearted one now out of life. Hell me not overseas mingled with spear-thralls, for my soul henceforth hath no more pleasure in life, Since God hath slain my nearest and my dearest. For me waits trouble and anguish and lone homelessness. So cried she, longing for the grave, For vile is life to them whose glory is swallowed up of shame, A horror is the scorn of men. But spite of her prayers, to thraldom dragged they her. And all the homes of Troy lay dying men, And rose from all a lamentable cry, Save only in Antenor's halls, For unto him the Argives rendered hospitality's debt, For that in time past at his roof received And sheltered godlike Menelaus, When he and Odysseus came to claim his own. Therefore the mighty sons of Achaea Showed grace to him as to a friend, And spared his life and substance, Fearing Themis, who seeth all. Then also princely Anchises' noble son, Hard had he fought through Priam's burg that night With spear and valour, and many had he slain. When now he saw the city set aflame by hands of foes, With her folk perishing in multitudes, Her treasures spoiled, her wives and children Dragged to thraldom from their homes, No more he hoped to see the stately walls of his birth city, but bethought him now how from that mighty ruin to escape. And, as the helmsman of a ship, who toils on the deep sea, and matches his craft against the winds and waves from every side, rushing against him in the stormy time. For spent at last both hand and heart, when now the ship is foundering in the surge, forsakes the helm to launch forth in a little boat, and heeds no longer ship and lading, so Anchises' gallant son forsook the town, and left her to her foes a sea of fire. His son and father alone he snatched from death, 
the old man broken down with years he sat on his broad shoulders with his own strong hands and led the young child by his small soft hand whose little footsteps lightly touched the ground and as he quaked to see that work of death his father led him through the roar of fight and clinging hung on him the tender child tears down his soft cheeks streaming but the man o'er many a body sprang with hurrying feet and in the darkness in his own despite trampled on many cyprus guided them earnest to save from that wild ruin her son his father and his child as on he pressed the flames gave back before him everywhere the blast of the fire-god's breath right and left was cloven asunder spears and javelins hurled against him by the achaeans harmless fell also to stay them calchas cried aloud forbear against aeneas noble head to hurl the bitter dart the deadly spear fated is he by the high god's decree to pass from xanthus and by tiber's flood to found a city holy and glorious through all time and to rule all the tribes of men far sundered of his seed shall lords of the earth rule from the rising to the setting sun yea with the immortals ever shall he dwell who is son of aphrodite lovely tressed from him too it is meet we hold our hands because he hath preferred his father and son to gold to all things that might profit a man who fleeth exile to an alien land this one night hath revealed to us a man faithful to death to his father and his child then hearkened they and as a god did all look on him forth the city hasted he whither his feet should bear him while the foe made havoc of goodly builded troy then also menelaus in helen's bower found heavy with wine ill-starred Deliphobus, and slew him with the sword but she had fled and hidden in her palace o'er oh, the blood of that slain man exulted he and cried dog i even i have dealt the unwelcome death this day no dawn divine shall meet thee again alive in troy i though thou vaunt thyself spouse of the child of zeus the thunder voiced black death hath trapped thee slain in my wife's power would i had met alexander too in fight ere this and plucked his heart out so my grief had been the lighter load but he hath paid already justice death hath passed beneath death's cold dark shadow ha small joy to thee my wife was doomed to bring ay wicked men never elude pure themis night and day her eyes are on them and the wide world through above the tribes of men she floats in air hoping of zeus for punishment of sin on passed he dealing merciless death to foes for maddened was his soul with jealousy against the trojans was his bold heart full of thoughts of vengeance which were now fulfilled by the dread goddess justice for that theirs was that first outrage touching helen theirs that profanation of the oaths and theirs that trampling on the blood of sacrifice when their presumptuous souls forgot the gods therefore the vengeance friends brought woes on them thereafter and some died in fighting field some now in troy by board and bridal bower menelaus mid the inner chambers found at last his wife 
cowering there from the wrath of her bold-hearted lord. He glared on her, hungering to slay her in his jealous rage. But winsome Aphrodite curbed him, struck out of his hand the sword, his onrush reigned. Jealousy's dark cloud she swept away, and stirred love's deep sweet wellsprings in his heart and eyes, swept o'er him strange amazement. Powerless all was he to lift the sword against her neck, seeing her splendor of beauty. Like a stock of dead wood in mountain forest, which no swiftly rushing blast of north winds shake, nor fury of south winds ever, so he stood, so dazed abode long time. All his great strength was broken as he looked upon his wife, and suddenly had he forgotten all, yea, all her sins against her spousal troth. For Aphrodite made all fade away, she who subdueth all immortal hearts and mortal. Yet even so he lifted up from earth his sword, and made as he would rush upon his wife. But other was his intent, even as he sprang. He did but feign to cheat Achaean eyes. Then did his brother stay his fury, and spake with pacifying words, fearing lest all they had toiled for should be lost. Forbear wrath, Menelaus, now. T'were shame to slay thy wedded wife, for whose sake we have suffered much affliction while we sought vengeance on Priam. Not, as thou dost deem, was Helen's the sin, but his who set at naught the guest-lord and thine hospitable board. So with death-pangs hath God requited him. Then hearkened Menelaus to his reed, but the gods, palled in dark clouds, mourned for Troy, a ruined glory, save fair tressed Tritonis and Hera. Their hearts triumphed when they saw the burg of God-descended Priam destroyed. Yet not the wise heart of Trito-born herself was wholly tearless, for within her fane outraged Cassandra was of Oleus' son lust-maddened. But grim vengeance upon him ere long the goddess wreaked, repaying insult with mortal sufferance. Yea, she would not look upon the infamy, but clad herself with shame and wrath as with a cloak. She turned her stern eyes to the temple roof, and groaned the holy image, and the hollowed floor quaked mightily. Yet did he not forbear his mad sin, for his soul was lust distraught. Here, there, on all sides crumbled flaming homes in ruin down. Scorched dust with smoke was blent. Trembled the streets to the awful thunderous crash. Here burned Aeneas' palace, yonder flamed Antimachus' halls. One furnace was the height of fair-built Pergamus. Flames were roaring round Apollo's temple, round Athena's fane, and round the hearth-lord's altar. Flames licked up fair chambers of the sons, sons of a king, and all the city sank down into hell. Of Trojans, some by Argos' sons were slain, some by their own roofs crashing down in fire, giving at once ill death and tomb to them. Some in their own throats plunged the steel, when foes and fire were in the porch together seen. Some slew their wives and children, and flung themselves dead on them, when despair had done its work of horror. One who deemed the foe afar caught up a vase, and, fain to quench the flame, hasted for water, leapt unmarked on him an argive, and his spirit, 
heavy with wine, was thrust forth from the body by the spear. Clashed the void face above him as he fell backward within the house. As through his hall another fled, the burning roof-beam crashed down on his head, and swift death came with it. And many women, as in frenzied flight they rushed forth, suddenly remembered babes left in their beds beneath those burning roofs. With wild feet sped they back. The house fell in upon them, and they perished, mother and child. Horses and dogs, in panic through the town, fled from the flames, trampling beneath their feet the dead, and dashing into living men to their sore hurt. Shrieks rang through all the town. In through his blazing porchway rushed a man to rescue wife and child. Through smoke and flame, blindly he groped, and perished while he cried their names, and pitiless doom slew those within. The fire-glow upward mounted to the sky, the red glare o'er the firmament spread its wings, and all the tribes of folk that dwelt around beheld it, far as Ida's mountain crest, and Seager Tenedos, and Thracian Samos, and men that voyaged on the deep sea cried, The Argives have achieved their mighty task, after long toil for star-eyed Helen's sake. All Troy, the once queen city, turns in fire. For all their prayers, no god defends them now, for strong fate oversees all works of men, and the renownless and obscure to fame she raises, and brings low the exalted ones. Oft out of good evil is brought, and good from evil, mid the travail and change of life. So spake they, who from far beheld the glare of Troy's great burning. Compassed were her folks with wailing misery, through her streets the foe exulted, as when maddening blasts turmoil the boundless sea, what time the altar ascends to heaven's star pavement, turned to the misty south over against Arcturus' tempest breathed. And with its rising leap the wild winds forth, and ships full many are whelmed neath ravening seas, Wild as those stormy winds, Achaia's sons ravaged steep Ilium while she burned in flame. As when a mountain clothed with shaggy woods burns swiftly in a fire-blast winged with winds, and from her tall peaks goeth up a roar, and all the forest children this way and that rush through the wood, tormented by the flame. So were the Trojans perishing. There was none to save of all the gods. Round these were staked the nets of fate, which no man can escape. Then were the Mophoon and the Camus by mighty Theseus' mother, Aethra, met. Yearning to see them, she was guided on to meet them by some blessed one. The while, wildered from war and fire, she fled. They saw in that red glare a woman royal tall, imperial molded, and they weened that this was Priam's queen and with swift eagerness laid hands on her to lead her captive thence to the Danians. But piteously she moaned. Ah, do not, noble sons of warrior Greeks, to your ships hail me as I were a foe. I am not of Trojan birth. Of Danians came my princely blood renowned. In Troezen's walls Pythias begat me. Aegeus wedded me, and of my womb sprang Theseus' glory crowned. 
for great Zeus' sake, and your dear parents' sake, I pray you, if the seed of Theseus came hither with Atreus' sons, oh, bring ye me unto their yearning eyes. I trow they be young men like you. My soul shall be refreshed, if living I behold those chieftains twain. Hearkening to her, they called her sire to mind, his deeds for Helen's sake, and how the sons of Zeus, the thunderer, in the old time smote Aphidnehi, when, because these were but babes, their nurses hid them far from peril of fight. And Aethra remembered all she endured through wars, as mother-in-law first, and thrall thereafter of Helen. Dumb for joy were they, till spake them off a wound to that wistful one. Even now the gods fulfill thine heart's desire. We whom thou seest are the sons of him thy noble son. Thee shall our loving hands bear to the ships. With joy to Hellas soil thee will we bring, where once thou wast a queen. Then his great father's mother clasped him around with clinging arms. She kissed his shoulders broad, his head, his breast, his bearded lips she kissed. And Achamis kissed withal, the while she shed glad tears on these who could not choose but weep. As when one tarries long mid alien men, and folk report him dead, but suddenly he cometh home, his children see his face, and break into glad weeping. Yea, and he, his arms around them, and their little heads upon his shoulders, sobs. Echoes the home with happy mornings, music-beating wings. So wept they with sweet sighs and sorrowless moans. Then, too, affliction-burdened Priam's child, Laodice, they say, stretched her hands to heaven, praying the almighty gods that earth might gape to swallow her, ere she defiled her hands with thrall's work. And a god gave ear, and rent deep earth beneath her. So by heaven's decree did earth's abysmal chasm receive the maid in Troy's last hour. Electra's self withal, the star queen lovely robed, shrouded her form in mist and cloud, and left the Pleiad band, her sisters as the olden legend tells. Still riseth up in sight of toil-worn men their bright troop in the skies, but she alone hides viewless ever, since the hollowed town of her son Dardanus fell in ruin, when Zeus most high from heaven could help her not, because to fate the might of Zeus must bow, and by the immortal's purpose all these things had come to pass, or by fate's ordinance. Still on Troy's folk the Argives wreak their wrath, and battle's issues strife incarnate held. End of chapter 13